It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Mercury's in the oven. Oh God, that's fucking all right. That's why. That's why we're all like on edge. Oh my God. Right? Anyways, hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I um I I did my my tarot reading last night, Amy, uh, and it was all over the place. And I'm like, Mercury, get out of the microwave. Stop baking. Come out all cooked, please. Thank you. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> horrible. Ah. Yep. Uh. Yeah. Oh, and before we get into this case today. Uh, we need to talk about the update with the Idaho murders. What is that about? That's so crazy. If if you're not aware of what's happening, um, the uh, defense uh, for, um, oh God, what is his name? Brian Koberger. I almost said Jason. I'm like, that's not the name. Um, I don't know where that came from. Well, <laughs> our conversation we were having. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Brian Koberger's defense team uh, is saying that the surviving roommate has information that will clear his name from the murders in Idaho. That's also weird. Yeah. How? What info, please? Like, what is happening? No. That is weird. I don't know. Yeah. You I don't said know. It to me. You said it to me and I was like, excuse me, what? I have to stop whatever it is that I'm doing right now. And I need to Google fast. Nobody has info, obviously, because they're keeping it under wraps. I mean, they don't want to show their cards, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll be watching that very closely. Because what? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I think there was another body found in Lake Mead, Lake Mead. right? Mm-hmm. Hold on. Let me pull up that one too, because I was like, can we just take a breather a second? Mercury, stop it. You know, I know. Calm down. Yeah. Oof. Okay. So another set of human remains have been found at Lake Mead. Um, this was off of newsnationnow.com. They have been identified as um, Claude Russell. Pensinger, Claude Russell Pensinger, who was 52 years old when he was last seen in July of 98. Uh, Swimmers in late July of 22 uh, found his remains floating um, and they were able to um, confirm that that was his remains. His cause of death has not been immediately available. So um, yeah, that's another horrible thing to start the week off and the episode so (laughs) yeah yeah 
That's that's heartbreaking. When when will it end? When when will just when will we just have like a nice day at the the lake and not find human remains? That'd be great. I know. I know. I have a really weird fear of swimming like in a lake or a pond and like kicking my feet and getting like a skull hooked on my foot on my toe. Yeah. That's a very oddly specific fear to have, but I must have seen it somewhere. Validate. I validate that because I also am afraid of swimming in lakes for also remains and also for sea monsters underneath the lake. Cause those things are deep. You don't know what's crawling underneath there. Okay. Justified my, uh, validated. My, my sister and our friend and I went and spent the, um, the weekend up at the lake and of course we didn't swim. It was too cold, but anyways, so as we're walking along, we were just talking about something and I was laughing about this story. The story itself isn't funny, but it's like people just do the weirdest things to get things for free. Mm-hmm. Guy was deep ocean fishing and this taped up cooler, you know, floats up to his boat. So he, he hooks it in. He's like, ah, it's a nice cooler. <laughs> so Gets it back to shore, opens it up, and there's like human remains in it, like a head. Absolutely or not. Oh my god. And I'm like, my friend Andrea and I were laughing and we were like, why would you think, oh, free cooler? Yes. I, there could be beer in there that's taped up. Yeah. That's not sketchy at all. Like Yeah. Because <laughs> we were like, I was like, it kind of serves him right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like who finds a cooler in the middle of the ocean and goes, hmm. Hmm. And it's taped up. Yeah, there could be valuable information in here. Well, actually, technically there was because of human remains. So you, this person did potentially close a case that maybe was, you know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I I get that feeling too when I see big trash bags on the side of the freeway. I know it was like trash pickup and it was just there for like pickup day. But like part of me wants to just go and like open it just to see. And not for like the interest of seeing a body. I don't want to see that shit. I don't, I don't want to be part. No, that's going to be embedded in brain, embedded in my brain forever. But I want to like help like, you know, close the case if I could. Like, I don't know. Anyways. I get it. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) We're weird here and that's fine. Open space to be weird. That's right. (laughs) Well, speaking of, um, Closing cases. I am very excited this week to talk about this case. Um, it has been open since 96. And uh, this past year, it finally had a resolution. It is the uh, case of Kristen Smart. Um, I've talked about this. I'm like, I got to cover this. But then things happened. Very exciting. And yeah, we're just going to dive into it because it is a bit of a long one. So bear with me and uh, stay for the end because we do have a uh, update. Sources today, we've got the good old Wikipedia. I don't know why that they've been on top of their shit recently. I that's people doing it. I thank you. Like I like cross-check the sources just for reference. Like I don't just like read off a of wiki Wikipedia, mm-hmm. but um I'm checking the sources on top of it to make sure that you know those articles were legitimate. They are from reputable news sources and they are. So just a heads up, that's how I process my stuff. Um we got New York Times, ABC News, FBI.gov, 
And of course, the daddy of the podcasts of them all, your own backyard. Uh, I cannot talk. You're going to mention, yep, you're going to hear me mention this podcast quite a bit on this episode. So just it's linked in the show notes for you to go to the site. I can't preface that enough. Like just go listen if you haven't. So yeah. Anyways, uh, Kristen Smart was born on February 20th, 1977. Her parents are Denise and Stan Smart. They uh, had three siblings or they had three kids, you know, obviously Kristen, uh, one sister and then one brother. Uh, As a kid, the Smart family moved to Stockton, California, and Kristen then graduates high school in 95. She actually was a camp counselor in Hawaii, which is pretty fucking awesome for like a teen to go do that. Like, Mm -hmm. what? (laughs) So cool. Uh, Sources describe Kristen as very smart, sweet, caring. Like she just was like overall like a good human. Um, her family seems really nice and, and caring as well. And in 96, Kristen enrolls in the California Polytech State University, also known as Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo, California. So just a quick little backstory of Kristen Smart and the family. And then uh, moving on to basically the entire timeline, we have to just get right into it because there's a lot. So it's May 25th, 1996. Kristen goes to a party uh, wearing a gray half t-shirt, black surfing shorts, and red Puma sneakers. When she meets people at this party, she is introducing herself as Roxy. It's important to note that because every source, every news article mentions it. And it's safe to say that she was exploring who she was in this college environment. Like she's just kind of figuring out who she is a person. If you want to go use a fake name, go for it. Who cares? Yeah. You know? Not a big deal. Right. We all have our alter our alter egos. Mine was Cherry. She was she was a she was a little whew, siren. So <laughs> Lola. Yay. Lola for the win. Mm-hmm. Um at this party, she appears very intoxicated. Uh it's safe to say that she was, you know, casually drinking. Um, and then it accidentally passed out in the lawn. Yeah, been there. we've all been there yeah it's it's totally okay to um normalize that like it's okay to experiment in college just you know Mm -hmm. obviously do it safely (laughs) you know right um so two students see that Kristen's passed out in the lawn and they help her back to her dorm as they're doing this uh, a man by the name of Paul Flores who's also at this party offers to walk Kristen to her dorm both of these students said okay, sure. They, you know, let Paul take Kristen back. And uh, Paul walks with her up to his dorm and then lets Kristen make her way back to her dorm without him. The next few days, the Smart family does not hear from Kristen. She does not come back home from college because this is the end of the semester. Um, No one hears from her. She doesn't go, nothing. She is just, she's vanished. She's disappeared. The family is obviously worried. Her friends are worried. They contact campus police saying, listen, my daughter didn't come home. She's not at the dorm. What's happening? And campus police thought Kristen just went on vacation. They said, you know, it's the end of semester. Kids go on vacation. She'll be back. She'll come back. Yeah. She just left without telling her parents. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, that's a normal thing to do. Right. Sure. Um, And they didn't report it to local police. 
So what the hell? Um, yeah, it's so frustrating already. This is, like I said, this is the end of the semester. So kids are moving in and out of the dorms. Um, there's also cleaning crews coming in and cleaning the dorms. Very important to mention. And Kristen wasn't the type of person to just like go without her stuff, go without communicating with her family and friends. You know, she was always very reliable in that sense. And it was just weird, super weird. It wasn't until a week later that Kristen is reported missing. One week later. Oh my God. Crucial time that they could have used to essentially get leads and, you know, inspect the dorms with her stuff in it. Like, yeah, cleaned, gone, moving on to the next student. Are you kidding me? I mean, rightfully so, the family's frustrated with the campus police and local authorities because they also contacted local police and they didn't do anything. So what the hell, guys? Come on, do better. Yeah. Um, Billboards go up in 97. These are the famous billboards that you see on, you know, the sources, the the interwebs. We'll Mm -hmm. post it, uh, you know, of course, on our socials (laughs) so you can check them out. Right. Uh, Flyers are also passed around. There's no leads. It's just quiet. And I do want to address that there's a theory, there were, there was a theory going around at this time about Scott Peterson connected to this case. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We got to talk about it. I don't want to, but we have to, because it's on every news outlet that, that talks about Kristen Smart. And it's so frustrating. He was not involved with this. He had nothing to do with this. Uh, He sure was in the area around this time, but that was just a coincidence. So I get why people theorized, oh, could be Scott Peterson, you know, but police, you know, of course, check that out, check that lead out. And they confirmed that he was in no way connected to Kristen Smart's disappearance. Yeah, he, uh, he had his own issues. Not issues, but you know. Hi. The cat is loving this. Um. I know. She's, yeah. I was gone for the weekend. That's why. Oh, this, this, that's why this is happening. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry. What were you saying? <laughs> so, it, yeah, that's, um, was that about the same time as Lacey? A little bit. Was it? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't feel like it was that long ago. Oh my God. I know. That's why I was like, oh, like that makes me feel super uncomfortable that it was that time period. Yeah. E. Yeah. But I mean, if you're trying to get answers. I, I know. Look for the person who was already, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have to talk about him. We'll do a whole right separate, now. whole separate episode on Scott Peterson because we both have thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, they're, they're the same, but yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, we can dive into that. Um, yeah, so I mean, we'll, we'll that theory is botched. It's eliminated. Moving on, you know. So there were searches for Kristen's remains on and near campus. They used cadaver dogs who searched the area and hit a few spots, including inside of Paul Paul Flores's dorm. On the mattress. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this piece of shit, Paul. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm not going to go too deep into it, um, but this dude's creepy as fuck. People called him Scary Paul. That was his, um, his nickname in the community. And people would keep a distance away from him. 
Like they knew if they saw him at a party to stay away from him. That's who this person was and still is to this day. Like gross. Yeah. I'm not going to dive into his, his life very much, but if you want to know more about his backstory, listen to your own backyard podcast. Chris Lambert did a phenomenal job getting that backstory because Paul was the last person to see Kristen alive. He was brought in for an interview in Aurora, Aurora Grande. God, I will never be able to say that right. Arroyo Grande. Um, police uh, talked to him for the first time. He had a black eye. And then in 96, when police asked how he got it, he said, oh, yeah, I was playing basketball with friends. Well, uh, mm-hmm. okay. Doesn't have friends. Yeah, playing basketball with friends. And then I think he realized that his friends won't corroborate the story. Um, he then changes the narrative and says, oh, yeah, I was uh, fixing uh, my stereo. I was putting on a new stereo in my truck and I hit my head on the steering wheel. That's how he got the black eye. Allegedly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure, Jan. Um, police asked about his truck and then Paul says it's stolen in a later interview. So now all of a sudden this truck has gone missing with no idea or whereabouts of what happened to it. And I also believe Ruben sold his truck as well, his father. Uh, so there's some some holes here. Where the fuck are the trucks? What, 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 all of a sudden they're gone. Okay. Yeah. A little suspect. Now throughout Paul's conversations with police, he would plead the fifth amendment right after that. So now there's no movement with Paul and police are like, well, okay. Police get a tip about an earring that was found at the home of where Paul Flores, mother, Susan used to live. And this earring was theorized to be potentially Kristen Smart's earring, but they never brought it in for, they didn't bring it in for evidence. They just dismissed it. What? I know. How can, <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. I, it's, it's hard to like try to understand their mindset during that time. It's, I just, it makes my head hurt and it makes yeah. me mad. So <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> On May 25th, 2002, Kristen Smart is declared legally dead. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly and unfortunately, that's at this point, you know, this is how much we have with police and potentially with Paul Flores. Like there's really nothing else coming from this case. And then in 2005, uh, Denise and Stan Smart file a wrongful death case against Paul. They were like, you were the last person to see her alive. You know, all of this stuff is like, pointing to you dude you know yeah that's obviously not what they said specifically but you know what i meant (laughs) right no i got you i got you unfortunately the case was dropped due to lack of evidence they didn't have enough sufficient evidence to pin this on paul uh then between 2006 and 2007 the flores family susan and ruben decided to file a lawsuit against the smart citing emotional distress against the smarts are you kidding me like oh my god yeah That's a ballsy move. It's such a ballsy move. It's back and forth with these families because Denise and Stan wrote letters to Susan and Ruben asking for just clarification, closure, information, anything that they had on this disappearance of their, of their kid, because Paul was the last person to see her alive. And 
Susan and Ruben were like offended by these letters. Like they were like, uh, how dare they? Like they were so disgusted by this. And I'm like, they were just trying to appeal to you as a parent from parents to parents. Like, it's not that it, it was just the way that they handled this was bullshit. And we'll talk about more about Susan and Ruben here in a second, because it gets even worse. So buckle up. Uh, because police didn't have enough evidence to bring charges on Paul, they just kind of were like, they let him go, let him live his life, and they kept an eye on him. Uh, he moved actually out of California to Florida, I think it was, and he got into some trouble there. You can listen to your own backyard podcast for all of that info because Chris Lambert goes into very specific detail about that. Um, and then he's also experimenting with date rate drug, date rate drugs, excuse me. Oh my God. Yes. Uh, which we'll talk about here in a second. So he then moves back to California. Police, of course, are aware of this. They're like, oh, he's back in town. Okay, we got to keep eyes on him. And Kristen Smart's case is cold. Nothing is happening at this time. There's no leads, no progress until January 29th of 2020. Right before the panorama starts. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So interesting. Yeah. The, the pandemic, you mean? Uh, yes. I call, I call, I like to call different names thanks to TikTok. So that's how I process what happened three years ago. Um, <laughs> that's me <laughs> making jokes of horrible things. Um, it's process and closure. It's fine. Um, so January 29th of 2020, two trucks owned by Paul and Ruben Flores are tracked down and taken into evidence connected to Kristen Smart's disappearance. Now, essentially, well, we don't know if it's murder yet or not. But uh, then on April 22nd, 2020, a search warrant is served at the home of Paul Flores in San Pedro, California. Police search his home and they find a lot of items that they're interested in, like uh, date rape drugs. And he has rape videos as well. Oh, God. He is a seedy piece of shit human being. Yeah, he. Yeah, so uh, and connected to this as well, uh, he did have clippings of Kristen Smart's disappearance, which is so fucked up and it's so sad. So search warrants were also issued for Susan Rubens and another property owned by the Flores family. Four properties. Let's let's kind of settle on that for a second because i can't wow. even afford my rent for one property so uh-huh. <laughs> i hear that okay yeah so they took soil samples and used ground penetrating radar and there was actually um there wasn't actual physical blood that they found in the soil under the deck of the house uh but it was a very small amount of evidence pointing to that there was in fact blood at one point under there the cadaver dogs also hit on a volkswagen which was one of the cars taken into evidence. And based off this information, the prosecutor believes that Kristen's body was buried under the home at one point and moved by Paul and Ruben in one of their trucks and moved oh to another God. location. Yeah. I remember watching the news and like reading the updates of this, of this happening. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, they got him. Like they fucking got him. Like this yeah. is huge. Well, you really, you very much kept up on this. Yeah. Yeah, I have a gr- so, I have a group chat with my friends that says we hate Paul Flores, uh, middle finger emoji. So oh, wow. there you go. <laughs> that's that's how much investment we uh, we put into this case. I get um, it. Yeah. 
So based off the information that we we had, um, you know, they believe that he was moved, right? So investigator or that they moved her. Investigators also monitored the Flores's conversations, like texting, phone calls. And in one of the conversations between Susan Flores and Paul Flores, Susan is asking Paul to punch holes into Chris Lambert's podcast, Your Own Backyard, and that he is the only one who knows what happened. Really? She is awful. Awful. And it, it's just like, he obviously on the call isn't saying anything. Like he is just like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Like she's mm-hmm. basically like, come on. Uh, and then when they actually were doing the cadaver dogs and they were like, you know, searching her home, uh, she held a press conference in her yard pretty much with these like reporters saying that this is bullshit. You know, we're, we're being, you know, affected by this and like making it a whole spectacle. And it's like, who... Who's your lawyer, girl? Like, you're not supposed to be talking to, you know, the news cameras, the news crews about this as this is ongoing. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, glad that she did, though, because she made her even look, it made her even look worse. You Uh know, she's horrible. She's awful. She's definitely part of it. Um, Yeah. Even. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even in the um, uh, the initial conversations uh, when they, um, what is the bring him in? for interviews the interrogations no it was right it's right before it starts with the d um did you do it deposition deposition okay did you do it did you do it when you come in for the did you do it <laughs> that's what we're calling it from now on i like it yeah um yeah so during the depositions she was like kind of like just being really sassy to the to the investigators and to the interviewers and it was just like oh horrible um and then same with Ruben too like during his deposition he was like trying to like come up with shit on the spot you could tell because he was had like long pauses in between the questions anyways so April 13th of 2021 Paul and Ruben are taken into custody really big day of seeing them being escorted out in handcuffs Paul is charged with the murder of Kristen Smart and Ruben is charged with an accessory to the murder of Kristen Smart. Wow. Literally. Hold on. Math is hard. 25 years later, (laughs) 25 years later, we finally see some shit happen. Now I understand that it takes a while. I understand that the process takes a long time. I, I get that, you know, after mm-hmm. the search warrant, I, a year later, they're finally able to confirm, yeah, no, we have evidence to support this. Look at all the, you know, damaging evidence against him and his family. So um, the process of the trial begins on June 6th of 2022. And then opening arguments were made on July 18th of that same year, 2022, in uh, Monterey, excuse me, <laughs> made in Monterey uh, County. I don't know why I almost said Monterey Cheddar. <laughs> oh, that sounds good. <laughs> right? I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. I have to eat a lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, geez. Uh, so yeah, Monterey uh, County. I almost said it again. God damn it. <laughs> Monterey cheddar. <laughs> mm. oh there's God. a, when I take my cats to the vet, there's um a big sign, big blue and white sign. It just says pawn 
but occasionally I'll drive past it and go, mmm, prawns. <laughs> oh, that sounds really good. <laughs> or when we went to Washington, D.C. when we were in eighth grade and my one friend goes, mmm, that sounds really good. And she's looking out into the bay and I'm like, what? And uh, cheesecake, that sounds good. And I was like, it says Chesapeake. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm like, but cheesecake does sound really freaking good right now. It does sound really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so hungry. Um, anyways. So the entire trial was super interesting. Um, there were no recordings permitted. So news outlets had to report on it soon after they left the courtroom. And uh, there was one point where Paul's attorney, Robert Sanger, asked Judge Jennifer O'Keefe uh, if they could ban the color purple in the courtroom. Because the Smart family and supporters all wore wore purple because that was Kristen's favorite color. So he thought it was like, you know, just not in good character to have it. And the judge was like, denied. No. like, (laughs) Oh, my God. If something ever happens to me, all of you guys, I don't care how much you hate pink. You better be wearing pink. You got it. All pink outfit. I will look like Mm -hmm. Barbie for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, if you want a full breakdown of the case and the trial, it is fascinating. Like I said, your own backyard podcast, Chris Lambert did an excellent job reporting on the entire thing. He was so good. Um, so the verdict for both Paul and Ruben's cases, they actually were tried separate, two separate trials, uh, came back on October 18th of 2022. Ruben Flores was found not guilty of accessory. And Paul Flores was found guilty of first degree murder. Uh, It was also mentioned during the trial that he attempted rape. The defense was trying to dismiss it and to uh, break down credibility of the prosecution side. Uh, They had witnesses take the stand to share their story and what happened with Paul uh, because it did relate to, you know, a date rape drug and being in this situation with Paul that was, you know, obviously not okay. Um, But the defense tried to argue statue of limitations and, you know, it, it just was heartbreaking to hear that in court. Like, let the victims have their moment. He's still he's still a predator in that sense. He's still had the date rape drugs and the videos in his mm-hmm. home. It's, I hate to say, safe to say that he tried something on Kristen. Um, well, yeah. Whether, yeah, whether that be dr- drugging her drink or trying to do something. I don't know, but we don't need to speculate on that. But yeah. So he, his sentencing happened on March 10th of 2023, literally a couple months ago. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Not even like less than a couple of months ago, like just a little over a month ago, really. Well, no, math well, is hard. Yeah. It's May 1st. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, no, w- within the past eight weeks. Yep. He's sentenced to 25 to life. And I know that his team is obviously trying to uh, issue a new trial. Um, they, I think, were saying that the jurors weren't something with the jurors. I don't really remember. Don't quote me on that. Um, but they were trying to go after a new trial, and it was like, or try to have it dismissed. And it's like, no, no, he's fucked. Um, he he's obviously guilty because of what happened to Kristen Smart. Legislature was passed that requires all public colleges and uh, educational institutions to have security communicate with local law enforcement when it pertains to missing students and violent situations against students. I think that's, I don't know if it's across the board, but I want to say it's probably in California. 
I don't know if any other states took took it, but um, it's called the Kristen Smart Campus Security Act, and it took effect in '99. So, you know, the 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 family was open to uh, discussing this with Chris Lambert. They developed a really good bond and friendship out of it, and um, my heart breaks for that family. But I'm glad that they got closure. We also don't know where her body is, by the way. Oh, they never found her. They never found her. Paul has not provided that information. The family has not provided that information. Um, I mean, at least that they got some closure with knowing what happened or kind of like, you know, with the evidence kind of building a story around it because he was silent the entire case or trial. He didn't say anything. Um, it'd be nice to know where her remains are so that they can really, you know, give her a proper, proper burial and say goodbye. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't think we're going to know that information unless he says it on his deathbed. I don't know. I mean, that's just sickening. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's I'm, the case of Kristen Smart. Really, a really good job, first of all. And um, how crazy is it that, you know, we've been, that's something that you've wanted to talk about for a while. And then it was like, okay, we waited and now it's, you know, kind of, kind of resolved, resolved enough where, you know, yeah. somebody is being punished for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, just, you know, just the, I think the final thing, I mean, there'll never be a uh, complete closure because, you know, nothing can bring her back, but God, if they could at least just be able to put her to rest. Yeah. You that's, know, we don't, we don't know. We know that she was moved from the dorm because the cadaver dogs hit on the, on the mattress. We know that the truck was probably used for that transportation. We know that she was under the deck for, I don't know how long. And then now we don't know where, she, where she was moved again. I don't, we don't, we don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I have no idea. It'd be nice to, to get that closure. But. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, next week, we are not really talking about anything much more pleasant. We are talking about the, uh, the slave master serial killer. Oh God. John Edward Robinson. I don't know anything about this. I but didn't it doesn't know sound good. I didn't know anything about it either, but my good friend Brandy, who I was just with over the weekend, um, keeps me up on all of like these different like true crime stories. And she was like, Have you ever heard of the slave master? He got he one of his victims was a woman from Monroe, Michigan. Oh and, shit. which is where we were staying. I mean, Monroe is like a very vast city. It's so funny, it's so spread out. But anyways, um, but yeah, one of his victims was from Monroe. And what this guy did was he recruited women from the internet to come out and be his slaves, be his oh, like God. submissive. And she came out, she was one of his many victims, came out, she'd actually had a baby. Um, and it just got, it's just a really crazy story. And it's, it's just tragic. So we're going to talk about John Edward Robinson next week, the uh, the slave slave master, serial killer. Wow, I will be um, 
I'll have wine next to me, even though it'll be mm-hmm. in the afternoon, but I think it calls, this calls for that. So mm-hmm. great. Yes. Great. <laughs> uh, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can email us and tell us how funny we are. And if there are any updates or uh, any suggestions for if at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on the Facebooks, the TikToks, the Instagrams at Horrific Heartland. We like to post videos sometimes. So, you know, hey, you can see our beautiful, gorgeous faces. Um, and until next week. Yes, until next week. Bye. Bye.